Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today our guests are Astros manager A.J. Hinch, who talks about the season series with the A's so far, and the major influence that A's manager Bob Melvin has had on him, plus his view of things the rest of the way. Then, A's minor league pitching coordinator Gil Patterson joins us to talk about the combined no-hitters, two of them thrown in the A's system on Monday, and medical updates on many of the people you'd like to know about, including Jesus Lazardo. All of that next on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus podcast, we are joined by former A's player and Astros manager A.J. Hinch, always one of our favorites, uh, obviously went to, to school in the Bay Area at the good school. Uh, AJ, uh, an interesting series so far in Houston. You guys have really uh, kind of dominated the A's throughout this season. They come back late in the second game here. What what, what were your thoughts on this series so far? Well, you know, I I think it's funny. You know, I I get asked about, you know, our performance against the A's and the fact that we've got a lot of wins and it on the, on paper, it certainly looks that way. When you're when you're playing against the A's, it doesn't ever feel that way. You know, the, the win total is high for us this year. We match up pretty well against them. Our best right-handed pitchers are are are, are good against their right-handed hitters, but um, they're good. You know, they they have a persistent lineup that is dangerous. They're they're tough to strike out, even though we have high strikeout pitchers. Their their bullpen is always something to pay attention to. I know it's evolved over the season and. Hendricks has stepped up and they've backed off of Trevino and, and Trinan a little bit. But Petit is having a sneaky good year and um, they have a couple left-handed pitchers. So it, they have a very balanced team. They play well. I, I love the fact that that the A's always squeeze the, the most performance out of their players. And so you have to you have to play good baseball to beat them. But um, you know, this series has proven that. When we've given them a little bit of a, a window to come back, they've come back and beat us. We've um, you know, we've, we also handled them in the first game with some explosiveness that we have. So uh, two good good teams that, that, that hopefully fight it out to the end and, and both make the playoffs again. Yeah, um, the, I think the A's ability to hit home runs up and down the lineup, I think that, that obviously was on display in the second game. How, how as an opposing manager, do you try to combat that? Yeah, I, well, I think in, nowadays you have to combat it against every team because it's yeah. the home runs are up across the board. But... Um, you know, you obviously have to have to avoid the walk. I think the key is as much as you focus on the homer. Matt Olson's going to hit homers. Chapman's going to hit homers. Um, Chris Davis, despite the, the numbers being down a little bit, is a home run threat every time he swings the bat. So I, I, I don't think you can combat that. I think you have to work on not giving them any free ninety feet. You can't walk these guys in front of them. They they have good at bats. When when they're getting on base and then they they deliver the big knockout blow, that's a that's a tough thing to overcome. It's also something that we do well. We we try to get on base and then we can separate ourselves with some home run power. So um, if you control the at bats and you and you pitch and make them put the ball in play early in the count, you have a better chance of avoiding the monstrous inning that 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 a home runs can create. Uh, between Matt Chapman with the ace and Alex Bregman here, that probably the two best third basemen in the American League. How much, how, how fun is that to kind of watch them head to head? And, and what's kind of, what are your thoughts on that position with the two of them? Yeah, you know, they they do it differently, but they both are exciting. And I think if you ask, if you ask me, I would tell you, I'd take Alex Bregman, you know, every day, all day. And if you ask Bob Melvin, he'll tell you Matt Chapman. So I, we're very biased to our own guys, but I love the little banter and friendly competition they have. They do it a little differently. You know, Chapman plays really deep. 
has the big arm and and and, and is so sure-handed. Alex plays it a little bit more athletic, a little bit more on the run, kind of makes the running play maybe a little bit more than Chapman does. They both are tremendous hitters, both very patient, uh, both have more power than than their body or their swings would would indicate. Um, I think we take for granted a little bit of the value of third base, um, given that that historically it hasn't been a position that people have obsessed over. But when you when you look at what Matt Chapman does in Oakland, when you look at what Alex Bregman's doing here, both All Stars, both franchise players, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, you you played with Eric Chavez in Oakland. How do you compare, say, somebody like Chapman to Eric Chavez? Yeah, no, I think I think very well. I mean, I think Chapman, um, you know, is is a very good defender like Chavi was, and. You know the left-handed bat. Chavez was a, maybe a tick of a of a of a of a more well-rounded hitter, but um, but then Chapman goes with an opposite field single to set up the home run last night. So I they you know I, I think Chavez is um, widely known in the A's organization as one of the best third basemen of in A's history, and I think when it, when all is said and done, if if they can retain Chapman and keep him for a ten-year ten-year run, um, I think Chapman can do even greater things. Your pitching has been display on display in this series. Um, you know, between uh, um, Miley last night and obviously what happened in the <laughs> in the first game of the A's, managing to get two hits. Um, what's kind of your impression as a manager of the rotation you have and, and Verlander going today? The, the A's are really getting all your aces. Yeah, no, I like I like it. I mean, I like our rotation, and 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 when you can start a rotation with Verlander and Cole. Or Cole and Verlander, whichever way you want to write it, um, it it's 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 probably one of the best rotations in baseball. When Wade Miley is pitching the way he's pitched, getting into the ninth inning last night, and even over the course of the year, his numbers aren't too far removed. His volume is a little bit, but um, but for the most part, he's he's pitched right there with them. The balance of our rotation has always has been in flux a little bit. We've, we lost Charlie Morton and, and Dallas Keuchel to free agency. We lost Lance McCullers to injury. Some of our young guys haven't been able to really stabilize four and five yet. But a former A, Brad Peacock, has, was having a very good year until he got um, hurt, and he'll be back in a couple weeks. So I, we have starting pitching that every day. When you when you, I love where where baseball is when we're we're maximizing the use of our entire pitching staff. But when you can write a guy's name in, in the pitcher spot to start the game and the other team has to has to take pause right they have to realize that they have their work cut out for them that's that's still what, what the essence of baseball and that's still the, the competitive advantage you know we used to call it like the you know the USA Today matchup or the you know it can it, any any newspaper that you want to write now it's more apps and in internet but it it is an advantage for us when in, in a three-game series, when I can roll these guys out, you feel like you're going to win this series. In a five-game playoff series, a seven-game playoff series, we have as good a, as good a starting pitch as anybody in the big leagues. Uh, your, your team seems to just get better and better, which I'm not, you know, already maybe one of the best all-around teams in, in baseball. Uh, and the, the track record over the last few years has been remarkable. And then it, you add Alvarez to this lineup. But what, what can you tell us about him? Because his numbers over his first full month in, in the majors are extraordinary. Yeah, no, they're historic numbers. And, and, and I hate to even talk like that because it puts so much pressure on him to continue it. When you, you know, I know he, he, he passed Albert Pujols for the fastest, you know, um, RBI total in the first 30 games. And he, he's hitting homers and he hits the ball hard. And, and every, every opposing manager, including Bob, asked me about this guy. Where did this guy come yeah. from? Why do you guys get him? And, <laughs> And and the fact that he's left-handed is 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 huge for us. He handles left-handed pitching. His presence is good. He's done things, you know. His first homer was an opposite field 
a homer off of Dylan Bundy and a changeup. And he's also hit 95 up and in in Yankee Stadium into the upper deck. So I, you know, when these exciting young hitters come up and, and these power hitters and these guys that have presence, they can hit all pitches, they're game changers. And when, when you're, you know, as, as confident as we've been in our team, we've always felt like we've had a deep team. When you can, you add a guy and then all of a sudden you insert him into the middle of the order that includes Bregman and Altuve and Correa and Brantley, um, that speaks volumes to that kid's ability and, and my trust in him. The fact that we that we could do it from our minor league system is very, you know, A style, to be honest. I mean, it's kind of how teams are built from within when you can promote, you know, a, a controllable player from your system and have him be dominant. That's uh, that's a game changer. Yeah, that's. I mean, most of your lineup is is like that, which is is extra. The rich the rich get richer, but it's kind of it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, you and Bob Melvin obviously have known each other for a long time. You work together pretty closely in the Arizona organization, and, and you've talked over the years about sort of Bob's influence on you. What can you can you tell us about what Bob's meant for you as as you've sort of grown into your own manager? Sure. Role? No, he's been incredible for me, and 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 one of the things that um, that you see with Bob and his players is that he's a mentor, right? He's a presence. He's a He's a teacher by nature. He fights for the right reasons and, and, and for the right things for the right reasons. And I I remember as a young executive, I was a farm director when he was the manager of the Diamondbacks, and he would he would take me under his wing and 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 kind of teach me the game and teach me managing. I had no idea at that point I was going to be a manager, let alone I replaced him in Arizona, which was very uncomfortable for a number of, of years. Um, now that we're in the same division and we've kind of grown out of that, we continue to talk about game situations. Like I want to know how he would have handled our little bean brawl with, with the Angels the other day, or, or, you know, me leaving Miley in the ninth inning and the dilemmas nowadays with front offices really wanting you to get your starting pitchers out of the game. How he handles that, or um, the etiquette of when he pulls Matt Chapman the other day in in game one, me pulling Alex Bregman. Like I little small things all the way to big things are things that Bob and I would talk about over dinner or coffee or or drinks and just develop a foundation of, of doing things the right way. And, you know, given, I think the AL West in general doesn't get the love that we need to nationally, as good as our teams are, as good as our managers throughout the division are. Bob Melvin's very much in that when, when, when you talk about good managers or great managers in the game, I think Bob is underrated. I think he's underappreciated in, across the game as to what he squeezes out of rosters that, that you know, against his opponents and against his against his peers, he's he's tactically one of the toughest to manage against. And even though he's taught me a lot, he hasn't taught me to ha- always to combat the way he manages. And that um, that friendship has grown over the years, and I'm I'm proud that that he's been an influence in my career. Yeah, um, well, he is the three time manager of the year, so he's gotten some love. But yes, you're right, nationally probably not as well known. Um, you you mentioned the etiquette, and um, we talked a little bit the other day about the etiquette of when you're leading by ten runs right. and what you do, and and obviously the the A's use Nick Martini to pitch. Um, what's sort mm-hmm. of the general? What is Bob sort of imparting yeah. to you over the years about what you do with a huge lead? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's you know, I, I think Bob was the first manager to tell me you know how to manage the game when you get into the sixth and seventh inning I mean there's a there's a professional etiquette you know that that I think the fans love the position player pitching way more than the managers do on either side like I don't I never want to use a position player and I never want our our players to get hurt by a position player pitching so I I it's such a such a balancing act but Bob you know Bob was always he's a stickler for for doing the right thing and, and for 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 respecting the game and respecting your opponent and so 
whether it's it's something about you you know that the 10 run game protect your own do what you have to do to get through the game it's miserable you can't wait to get to the post game press conference get out of get away from the ballpark and get on to the next game when when um, when you're managing that I think you always have to pay attention to the respect for the opponent respect for the game and when when the opposing manager starts to kind of concede and he doesn't hold runners on or he he throws a position player or he stops the running game then it behooves you to respect him back and do the same way and I learned that as a young manager that that you know there is a professional etiquette in how to conduct yourself and how to lead your team and how to teach your team to do it the right way right if they pull back you can pull if back they pull back way. i pull back yeah. which is what happened the other night yeah. bob pulled chapman and olsen and then i pulled bregman and altuve so it's a a little bit of a, it felt like spring training a little bit um i'm just glad that we were the the team that was up by 10. i'm kind of curious about what he said about the beanball wars but i'm i'm <laughs> assuming that we'll just have to leave that between you guys how do you see things here the rest of the way because the, the a's have been very competitive they played really well since sort of yeah. mid-june on just like last year yeah I, I think i think the a's are formidable and i think they you, you never know what's going to happen in july i think the july deadline is going to be stressful for a lot of teams um, and I think where teams are going to get tested, specifically the A's, is going to be where their depth really has to help in August, right? I know the young pitching that's coming either via off of injury or, you know, where is Sean Manaya, where is Cotton, where is uh, Lazardo, where is Puck? That Those are four huge arms that can really help augment this this pitching staff if they need it down the stretch. Um, their their position players getting Piscotty back. You know, I, I I you know we talk about a lot of different players. Piscotty is a guy that doesn't get talked a lot about. Um, when you come into a series with the A's, but he's always in the middle of something good, right? He's always he always and so as he gets healthy, he's going to make their team better. You know, I I no disrespect to the Mariners or the Rangers or the Angels. I think the A's um, are our biggest threat. I think they're a team that hangs in there. Their their ninety eight wins or whatever it was last year was not a fluke. I think they're going to have 90 plus wins again this year, if not more. So the more separation we can create in these series when we play them, the more comfortable I'll feel down the stretch. Yeah, One more game today and I think eight more uh, after this. Uh, AJ Hinch, thanks for joining us on the Oppo Talker segment of A's Plus. You got it, Susan. Thank you. Our thanks again to AJ Hinch for joining us on A's Plus. We will be right back with Gil Patterson. Today on the A's Plus podcast, we welcome in A's minor league pitching coordinator, Gil Patterson. Gil, this is a very good week to talk to you. Um, I mean, every week's probably a good week to talk to you, but you, the A's on Monday night had two combined no-hitters in the minor league system. Um, what can you tell us, first of all, about the uh, no-hitter at Stockton, which I know Nick Hundley caught, uh, but included one guy who I've always been very intrigued by, um, Eric Mourinho's, um, and Bryce Conley and Jake Bray. What, what did you know about that one? So, basically, if I would ever ask for a raise, this would be the day that I should ask <laughs> exactly. David Dillon and Keith for the raise. Okay, this is the day. Okay. Um, you know, and it's funny, and you know uh, as well as I do, and, I, and and all the fans will know, is that Murphy caught the other no-hitter in Arizona. But, you know, and I tell you what, catchers do have a lot to do with how well pitchers perform. But with that said, what Conley, Mourinez, and Gray did yesterday in Stockton was pretty special. Um you know, I, I think we all know that, you know, I, I am a change-up and especially a cutter person. And yesterday with Conley in his six innings, 
Uh, he had like 16 swings and eight misses with the cutter. Um, he did have the four walks that, you know, you and I might say, or everyone might say, I'm not happy with that. But the no hits kind of plays, you know, a part of that. It's like, okay, if you're going to go six innings, give up no hits and four walks, I'll take it. Mourinho's was very special. I uh, got the live arm at 95, 96, 97, touching 98. He had five Ks in his two innings with a very good changeup with bottom. And then Gray had a very good uh, uh, ninth inning. And, you know, it's funny. Last year, um, his fast he just came here with a fastball and curveball. You know, and it's a credit to what our pitching coaches were able to do. Uh, uh, Brian Corey at that point last year taught him a changeup, and yesterday uh, the changeup was very effective for him. So, like you said, the, the mix of Conley, Mourinho's, and Bray with Humley catching—I'm uh, not sure we couldn't be any happier uh, as an organization. That's pretty great. And and what about the um, the Arizona League no hitter? Um, with, as, as you mentioned, Sean Murphy catching, which that alone is, I mean, I think Ace fans should be very excited about that, that the fact that he's catching nine, uh, he's back and catching nine after, after knee surgery, uh, obviously the, the top catching prospect in the organization and somebody we had uh, expected we might see in the big leagues at some point this year. So it was Gerald Garcia, Zach, I don't know, how, how do you pronounce his name? Refuse? Ref, refuse. 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 Yep. Um, and yep. Jack Weisenberger. Um in yes. that in that Arizona League one, what can you tell us about those yeah. guys? Well, you know, you could make an argument that guys like Conley and Murphy should be catching in the minor leagues rather than the major leagues. <laughs> However, uh, to your point, uh, and like we said earlier, it, it does make a difference. But Garcia, an 18-year-old who went four innings and 38 pitches, wow. refuse with uh, he also had three Ks. Refuse went three innings and 37 pitches with three Ks. And Weisenberger went two innings with 24 pitches and four Ks. And probably most fans are better in math than I am, but I think that's like 100 pitches. And yeah. we threw a no-hitter with those Ks. And, you know, um, we don't have the market covered on pitching, but, you know, our philosophy is low walks, attack the strike zone, get your share of swing and misses. And if they do hit the ball, hit it soft. Give up base hits, not extra base hits. And... You know, I think all of us know that yesterday was a special day uh, for those pitchers as well as Murph uh, and Hunley and the organization. Um, but that's that's the fun thing about what we do, you know, the challenge of grinding every day and then guys performing and having days that regardless of how far they go, you know, that's something they'll take with them, you know, for the rest of their lives. And, um, you know, I threw a no-hitter in 1976, a nine-inning no-hitter, all by myself. I didn't need any help. I'm kidding, of course, but I didn't need any help. But, you know, when I go... How, how many battle, walks, Gil? I, uh, actually, it was three. You know, <laughs> so I'm really mad at myself for that. But, you know, when you when I go to McDonald's, they still make me pay the full price for, like, Big Mac, Coke, and fries. So the no-hitter, no one really cares about. But it's just neat. It's neat, you know, for the game, and it's neat for the organization and those you know, uh, four guys in Arizona with Murph catching and with Hunley and Stockton. That was a special night last night. Yeah, that's pretty. For one organization, two no-hitters in the same night, that's that's great. Especially, you know, an organization that really is fundamentally built on pitching. And 
Um, kind of some good news in that department. Some guys I know that you've been working with a lot. You've kind of watched a lot as they've been coming back from various injuries. Um, AJ Puck is now uh, going to Las Vegas. Uh, he's getting close to being available should the A's want to add him to the bullpen. Uh, have you seen him recently? And, and what are your thoughts on him maybe being added a, a, as potentially a bullpen arm down the stretch? No, Susan, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, over the last three weeks, since he had that little setback, um, he and I basically talked every day. And, uh, you know, I mean, everyone knows, everybody's involved. But for the most part, David and Nick had been in correspondence with me, you know, as well as the pitching coach. But AJ and I will talk every day as to how his arm feels after he pitches, including the night he pitches and the next day. And so... Um, the nice thing is, is that he has responded extremely well. And I, I think early on, he might have said to everyone that he felt fine when maybe he didn't. And that's just the nature of our business. You know, guys are competitive. They want to help. They want to get to the big leagues. They want to help us win. But to his credit and the credit to staff, uh, not only in Arizona when he first started in Stockton, but especially in Midland, it's when things really turn the corner a little bit for AJ, uh, whether him being more honest with us and particularly me, but we talk every day as to how it feels. And just like you mentioned tonight, he'll go two innings in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, we've taken away a, a, a couple pitches. He's basically going with fastball and you could arguably mention cutter or slider, but he's going with two pitches um, and uh, of the last three or four games has performed well, and even more importantly, uh, felt very good. That's terrific. How, how's Gerald Cotton been doing? He's obviously a, another guy's the A's are, you know, potentially looking at in the bullpen because they're both coming back off Tommy John surgery. So I know innings limitations are, you know, could apply for both. So they've talked about maybe the bullpen. Uh, and Jarrell, it's been like AJ, he, he had a little bit of a setback at one point, needed the hamstring surgery, but he came back from that a little more quickly than I think everybody anticipated. Uh, I would agree with you 100%. I was extremely pleased with his rapid recovery, uh, whether, you know, whether through from the doctor's point of view and athletic training and strength conditioning staff, but uh, heck, my, my toughest objective is sometimes to get them not to pitch on the same day. Um, but uh, when I was in Vegas last week, uh, Jarrell pitched, and he threw the ball very well. The fastball came out of his hand very well. The changeup had the same bottom that we are used to seeing. So, you know, just like you said, with, with sometimes today's game as to what maybe Cotton and Puck can do, even if it's out of the bullpen right now, uh, anything, and I think both of them, or I know both of them care enough to whatever they're asked to do to help Oakland win, they're on total board with. And, uh, you know, you could make arguments about, well, what about next year's innings? That, that'll, that'll take care of itself. Right now, you know, everyone's main goal is their health and the success, especially uh, of the Oakland Athletics to win. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I presume both of them would need to be able to go back-to-back before they were an option at the big league level. How, how close are they to that? You know, I, I think they are close. Uh, they have not done that. I mean, honestly, uh, between you know all of us. But uh, right now, the nice thing is that A.J. pitched the other night one inning, but he had multiple pitches in the bullpen because of a long inning. 
and he told me the next day, I feel like I didn't even pitch. So I think that's encouraging. Uh, and again, it, you know, only being July 23rd, you know, we still have some time for them to continue their, their rehab, if you want to call it that, their rehab pitching um, and their availability coming back to be able to help. Now, obviously, Shaman I is on the big league roster and you're a minor league um, coach, but have you had the opportunity to see much of Sean as he's been kind of working his way back uh, from shoulder surgery? I did. I did see him in Arizona a little bit before he went to Stockton. And of course, I believe it's tomorrow that he will pitch for us in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from the reports I read and of course, from your, you know, from your cover, covering of him, it's been good. You know, uh, I'm not sure if it's as good as, you know, we talked about no hitters early, earlier, if it's as good as the no hitter he threw against the Red Sox last year. But in the small sample, he's feeling very good. The pitches and the pitches he's making each, each game are becoming more crisp and those are only signs of encouragement and ultimately the way he performs and in this business it's all about performing well absolutely that might be the yeah that might be the biggest criteria as to one and if all the guys that we're talking about and maybe even Lazardo are able to help us going forward to a major league level. Yeah, when a team's in a in a pennant race, you you need guys that are performing well. They don't just automatically get put back onto a big league roster, um, which I, th- I think the, the team has been pretty clear about. Um, speaking of Luzardo, uh, I know he has been doing long tosses. He close to throwing off the mound? Is he throwing off the mound yet? I think he is. Lefty and I talked a couple days ago, and I think the first week in August, uh, if not the first two days, he's supposed to be scheduled for like a two-inning sim game. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure at this uh, juncture if it's going to be, you know, in the Arizona League or in a, in a sim game. But either way, I think right after that is accomplished, um, he might be ready to start his process of two, three, four, five innings. And, uh, of course, all of it's a shame that the last kind of bit him, you know, three weeks ago. But uh, in the small sample that I've had to talk to him, he has felt tremendous um, in each of his last few weeks, and I'm extremely encouraged about the way he has felt. Yeah, and I guess the good thing is that it was the lad. It wasn't related to his previous injury, which was the, the shoulder injury that he incurred during spring training. So uh, along the lines of AJ, just sort of one of those things that crops up as you're trying to come back and you're using different muscles or doing things that you haven't done for a long time and uh, maybe trying to do a little bit too much more than you're ready to do. And these, these things can kind of happen. But uh, if he's off the mound in, in August, that does mean that there's a possibility that he could be potentially an option for the A's sometime in September, I'm assuming. I would, I would certainly think so. And you know, as well as I do, although our fans know that for the most part, you know, David, Billy, Finey, uh, Nick, uh, make those type of uh, recommendations. And of course, just like we said before, the way they are feeling health-wise and the way they're performing ultimately makes the biggest decisions for us. And uh, like you said, up, up to this point, um, uh, all four of them, Manaya, Puck, Cotton, and Jesus, uh, are throwing the ball very well. Yeah, that's exciting. Even, even if it's just one or two of them available 
down the stretch that could make a huge difference for the team. Now, James Caprillion is a guy that you and I talk about a lot. He's, you know, been also on the mend from a, for a long time from Tommy John surgery and then some shoulder issues. He's going up to Midland, I understand. What what can you tell us about where James is and, and how he's been doing? Yeah, I, I was there about two and a half weeks ago, and um, he he raises the bar. You know, some of us might almost say too high to the extent is of he he expects or he wants to throw the ball the way he did two or three years ago. Um, actually, when he when he was signed by the Yankees and threw in spring training, where he was 94 to 98 and feeling great. And, you know, it's a credit, I think, to him and to us about all the work and effort that him, him and the organization has put into his health and recovery from the injuries he's had. It has not been an easy road for him. So, again, he raises that bar high. And a couple things that I tried to express to him is that when you feel 100% and you say, I'm going to let it go, it doesn't always come out 95 and 96, although you expect it to. I mean, I had that when I had my eight surgeries. And when they said you're healthy, I expect it to come out the same. The biggest thing that we have done uh, when I was there is that we have put him through a couple of delivery drills and exercises to help create more separation between his hip and his shoulders, hip and trunk separation, Mm -hmm. and to allow him to get his arm up in a good spot at foot strike. And there was four or five exercises that we have done that he has continued to do. And in a small sample, you know, two and a half, three weeks is a small sample. But he has continued to feel good. His velocity average has gone from 91 and 2 to 93 and 4. And those are good signs. You know, the quickness and the sharpness of his breaking balls have also improved. And so these are good strides going forward. And, of course, you know, I, I know that hope is not a great plan. But the hope is, is that it does. It does continue because he is feeling much better than he has earlier. Uh in the season. And so I'm sure hoping that these drills help continue to help him feel good. And again, just like we said, execute pitches to a major league standard. Oh, that's, that's a very encouraging. Is there anybody else from the system right now who you would say that maybe people should have their eye on anybody that's really stood out to you and over the last maybe month or two? You know, we just uh, promoted um, um, Howard to AAA. Brian Howard. Uh, he's yep. performed. He's yep. He's performed well. Um, big, really big uh, kid, you know, right? Yes, like like Randy Johnson size, like <laughs> six eight. You know, I mean, him and Puck. I, I tell you what, him and Puck go back to back days or in the same game. Forget it. They're going to have like balls coming from the sky or the heavens <laughs> to home plate. But he has. He he has performed well and has earned the right to go there. Um, and you know, you know, I tell you what, you look at the Double A staff and. You know, uh, Steve Conley has done a wonderful job. You know, we as Oakland, and in particular me as pitching coordinator, I have challenged the pitching coaches to get your guys better. Forget about game to game. I mean, game to game, game to game is a little bit tough, but definitely month to month. We have criteria, foundations that I have challenged the pitchers and the pitching coaches to get their guys better, whether it be first pitch strikes, one-one conversions, strike percentage, walks per nine, strikeouts per nine, OPS 
righties, swing and miss with each pitch type. So we, as an organization, have challenged the pitchers and the pitching coaches to get better. So when you know when, when you and watch, or I watch, or the fans watch, that's that's our ultimate goal. And when guys can't do that, we take it to heart and we try to figure out what can we do. But you know, to your point, Howard has performed well. I think the uh, what Finnegan, McNutt, Romero um, has done in AAA is very solid. Lopes team is very solid. Uh, Ryan Dull, two ten days ago, I was in Vegas, and we're trying to make him. Not that he hasn't had great success in the major leagues, he has, but he has almost taken a mini step backwards, and we are trying to get with my encouragement, him to pitch like uh, Petit. Oh, interesting. Different sides, uh, yes, different sides of the rubber for different for lefties and righties and different pitches. And uh, in his last three samples, of course, since I've been there, <laughs> but in his last three sample sizes, he has executed very well. And that, you know, that's just the growth we're trying to do. Like I said, Conley in double-A with Holmes and with Jeffries has been very good. You know, and and I know that on general, you can say Frederick and Milburn are top-notch prospects because they don't average 93, but they can pitch. You know, you want them in that foxhole with you. Absolutely. And the guys in the bullpen, and again, you know, when you look through and do your work like you always do, Zambrano, Stahl, Gill, Gorman, Perwin, Seth Martinez, Norhay's gone backwards a little bit, and that's why I'm, I'm encouraged that he's with cons again and to maybe get him over the hump. Uh, you know, you mentioned Cap. Uh, I certainly think that he's ready for that challenge uh, in A. And then, you know, you talk about the guys that we have in Stockton. Um, you know, they, they have probably not succeeded in the starting rotation quite as much as I would have liked with the bullpen, with Mourinho's, like we talked about with the no-hitter. And Dan Lack has performed well coming from uh, Beloit. Uh, Heiberger is 94-97 with a sinker, and I know people don't like sinkers, but sinkers, ground balls don't go 400 feet, fly balls do. So, I'm, pl- I'm playing with you, but no, I'm, 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 I'm very happy. You know, and again, that's what our goal is, is to help to try to get every guy, everybody better. You know, and we have the new pitchers in in Vermont with Baum and Pelus uh, and Schumann and Cushing. And uh, it's it's good, you know. The a lot of the draft guys that we've had have performed well, and uh, it's a nice challenge for us to have, and a nice group to work with. Oh, that's terrific. Well, you're the right person to go to for information on all the A's minor league pitching, and it sounds like A's fans have a lot to look forward to, uh, both this year if they keep a like to keep an eye on the minor league system, and certainly in, in coming years at spring training and in the big leagues. Thanks so much for joining us today, Gil Patterson. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Gil Patterson for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today were King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. We will be back again next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. 
Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Thank you.